Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Preston, episode 29. I really do thank everybody. It means a lot for me to be, you You know, it just means a lot for me for everybody to tune in and give me the feedback. And, you know, that's that's what I'm going for. So I want to talk a little bit about the NFL, uh, go through this rundown, and then we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, a big NBA trade today that happened. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit about music and we'll wrap it up. So what I really want to start off with is the Baker Mayfield hype that's not. So the Cleveland Browns were able to muster up enough strength and enough willpower to beat the New York Jets. They were able to beat the Jets 21-17. to It's a very interesting game. Uh, I know it's more interesting for the Browns fans, but, you know, it was a good Thursday night game. So that's what you want on Thursday night. You want a game that's going to be fun. It's going to be exhilarating. Fans are going to tune in. You're going to get those ratings shooting through the roof, even though they don't care about the ratings, um, it, you know, because it's all about advertisements. So, I mean, you know, they don't care about the ratings as much as people think. But Cleveland Browns able to beat the New York Jets in Cleveland 21-17. First win in a long time. Browns look good. Baker Mayfield still not able to throw a touchdown. Still not able to uh, show me anything I haven't seen before. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm I'm concerned, if I was a Browns fan, I'm happy with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And I'm happy with uh, this experiment so far. So the New York Jets are a formidable team. Uh, they have a defense, you know, a defense that can, you know, show up when they need to. Uh, they've only allowed 21 points. Um, so, I mean, that's not like they gave up 35 or 41 points or something crazy or outrageous like that. But the Cleveland Browns able to get this win is really big for their fan base. And, you know, like I said, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be rooting for Baker Mayfield's success. And I am rooting for his success, but I wouldn't be rooting for it like I'd be rooting for it if I was a Browns fan. Um, again, he's got a lot to show me. He's got a long way to go. And, he, you know, to you Browns fans, he should have a lot to show you too. Don't just be, Don't just settle. Okay, we have a problem with that in society where we just decide to settle on things because they're good for the time. So Cleveland Browns able to get that victory and they needed a bad. The New Orleans Saints versus the Atlanta Falcons is a game that to me, um, almost like Charles Davis said it yesterday when I was watching the game. It's almost very close to being one of the better rivalries in the league. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. I can, you know, kind of sum that up for people, but what I'd like to, you know, tell you about that is look out for the New Orleans Saints and look out for the Atlanta Falcons, very underrated teams, very under the radar teams, and they can score and they can score in a big way. The only thing you don't have to worry about is, you know, you really don't have to worry about them going crazy running the football. It's more of just a downfield passing attack. And the New Orleans Saints, whose defense has been shredded the last two weeks, were able to hold off the Atlanta Falcons. Guess how many points? 37 points. So the Atlanta Falcons still score 37 big ones against the New Orleans Saints, but they're unable to win because in the overtime, New Orleans was able to pull it out. So New Orleans wins that game 43-37 to in a big way. Uh, especially for Drew Brees. I know he wanted that win, and I'm glad he got it. Um, you know, I've never been an Atlanta fan myself, but I, I did have Matt Ryan yesterday in fantasy, and, you know, he paid dividends for me, you know, over 43 points in the fantasy league I had. So that that was a big deal for me. 
but I, I, you know, I move on. I, you know, now I'm talking about another stud quarterback. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. This dude's a freak athlete, a freaking freak of nature. And can he ball? Yeah, he can ball. And he's smart. He's smart at where he throws the ball. He's smart at where he's at when he throws the ball. You know, quarterbacks are always, always scaring me when they get out of the pocket and they get comfortable getting out of the pocket so much. If you're not a Cam Newton type of guy, you know, if you're not a big body type of guy, you're not that Brett Favre type of guy that can just take that punishment over and over again and get back up, you know, then it's it's going to really have a big effect on the outcome of the game, especially for your teammates. You know, remember, Aaron Rodgers gets out of the pocket a lot. That's not a good thing. You know, when you see these smaller quarterbacks that get out of the pocket a lot, it's not a good thing. Now, we, we have to understand something. We have to understand something. Uh, the 49ers did lose their quarterback. I'm very sorry to hear that in Jimmy Garoppolo. But let me tell you something about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was not big on him when he was in New England backing up Tom Brady. I wasn't big on him when he was going to be starting for the San Francisco 49ers. This is something the executives put together. They tried this experiment out, and it backfired on them. It backfired on like the Colin Kaepernick deal. It backfired on them like when Alex Smith bailed on them. These things backfire on these executives, and the team and the fan base are the ones to suffer. So don't you forget that. The San Francisco 49ers were able to muster up 27 points. So for that, my hat's off to them. But the Kansas City Chiefs are not going to be beat by anybody scoring 27 points, okay? They scored 38 like it was nobody's business. And the and the 49ers' defense is not good. They're not a good defense. So, you know, going forward, the San Francisco 49ers have a lot of work to do. They're going to have to get in that weight room. They're going to have to, you know, hit these tapes. They're going to have to get ready because this season is going to turn ugly fast if they're not ready for what's coming. The Miami Dolphins were a team who was talked about as being one of the worst teams in the league all year, right? So Miami Dolphins were supposed to be the worst team of the year. Okay, but they go out there and they beat the Oakland Raiders yesterday, 28-20. to 20. The John Gruden hate continues to pour in. The John Gruden hate flying in. The hate mail flying in for John Gruden. It's not all on John Gruden. You can only coach so much. This is a player's game. Everybody knows that. Anybody that's played it knows that. And anybody on the outside looking in should know that, especially if you want to respect and love this game like the rest of us do. What you have to remember about John Gruden is he coaches the way he wants to coach and the Oakland Raiders knew that when they took him on. So I don't want to hear any of that. I want to hear any of this culture crap. I want to hear any of that, okay? Because they knew what they were getting with John Gruden. They knew that since damn day one. They knew it. Jordy Nelson played a great game, right? One of the best receivers all week. Um, all week, out, of, out of all the stats, you know, that they like to put up on the little bottom when it pops up, you know, he was up there. But the Miami Dolphins were able to go ahead and go out there, get this win, 28-20 to over the Oakland Raiders. And you know why that is? You know why that is? It's not because they were home. It's because they were able to run the ball, they were able to pass the ball, and they were able to go out there and get stops when they needed them. And that's how you win. You don't turn the ball over stupidly. You don't get 10 penalties called on you for all types of crazy stuff that you shouldn't be getting called for because this ain't a college game. This is the NFL. So... You know, I understand rules change. I understand it gets tough. And I, I understand, but you get paid the money for it, don't you? Right? It's not like they're starving you. So it's a little bit different. You know, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. The Buffalo Bills downright put a smackdown 
on the Minnesota Vikings, right? This is like Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. This is like, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Gold Dust, okay? This is a, a smackdown. This is the Buffalo Bills putting up 27 points out of nowhere. If you put money on the Vikings yesterday, you were crazy because, you know, if it was me and I was a betting man, I would, I'm not putting money on the Vikings no matter what, no matter how good they say they are because I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, okay? It's not because I don't like him. It's because I didn't like him in Washington. Is it all of a sudden I'm supposed to like him now? No, not going to happen. Never was going to happen. And the, for the Vikings fan base to rally behind him makes no sense to me. But I guess you got to do what you got to do, right? So the Minnesota Vikings were able to muster up six lousy points while the Buffalo Bills put up 27 and put a smackdown on these Vikings. When the Vikings are at home in the comfort of their home, they get to go home to their nice house and they get to relax after they just got a big smackdown. So go ahead and get in the ice tub because you need it. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Philadelphia Eagles put a you know, nice dub on the board, nice little 20 points for you. You know, Carson Wentz, ooh, Carson Wentz, big deal, right? So Carson Wentz comes out there. Uh, Andrew Luck's back out there. I'm glad to see him out there. He, You know, he he looked all right. He didn't look like there was really much wrong with him. So, he, you know, Andrew Luck went out there and played Andrew Luck football. Carson Wentz out there went and played Carson Wentz football. Carson Wentz football was better. So, you know, now you have a situation where I just don't understand that there's no loyalty with these teams. And you have a guy in Nick Foles who wins you a Super Bowl, but you you turn your back on him and you bench him. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what they're saying in Philly. I really don't care what they're saying in Philly, but I can tell you what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's wrong. What I'm saying is that's not right. What I'm saying, I don't care how good Carson Wentz is. you got a guy who laid it all on the line for you and continues to go to work, continues to strive and be good, but you go ahead and bench him. Let's put in Carson Wentz because we know we can at least get the win against these uh, Indianapolis Colts, and I think that's all it is. I think that's the way they looked at it, and I think that's the way they handled it. And uh, do I care how they handled it? No, I don't really care. But what I do care about is when a guy is putting everything on the line, right, his health, his career, you know, his reputation, and you go ahead and you just sit him. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't send a good message uh, to the future quarterbacks that are coming into the league. So what I will say is that good job for Philly. Pat on the back, you know, pat on the back for everybody. Everybody gets a handshake, okay? So, you know, Philadelphia Eagles get the big one at home like they're supposed to, so there's no surprise there. The big surprise, Washington Redskins beat the Green Bay Packers. I don't know how many experts are out there. I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of you on your couch. But, I'm, you know, what I'm trying to tell you is the Washington Redskins were able to put up 31 points against Green Bay Packers who were able to score 17. All right. Uh, in a game where Aaron Rodgers looked good on a knee brace, running for a first down, running against the defense in a knee brace. OK, well, you know, mind you, you want to talk about Washington's defense. You go ahead and talk about that. But, you know, you got a guy in a knee brace, one leg and hopping it out there like the damn hobbit. And he's able to get a first down on you. That's crazy. OK, I don't care how good your defense is. It's just madness. Green Bay Packers um, had a lot of penalties. Again, here we go with the penalties. So you have all types of penalties. That, you know, in a college game, I could see that. But in an NFL game, it's just, it, you know, they really called everything they could against the Packers yesterday. Am I am I sour about it? Am I salty about it? Eh, a little bit. Because when you have the roughing the passer penalty that completely killed the momentum and gave it back to the Washington Redskins, when you have, you know, Wilkerson, the defensive end for the Packers, go down. You have Bulaga go down. I mean... And, and I love how you don't see how these guys go out. You just know, oh, they, they're out. They're, they're going to be done with the game. And, and I feel like it's a little one-sided sometimes. 
I feel like it's, uh, you know, something I always got to keep my eye on when I'm watching the game. But, you know, am I disappointed? I'm very disappointed, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad because there's so much room for improvement here. The Packers offense is still loaded. They were able to run the ball yesterday. I mean, you had you had a uh, dual combo of running backs that were able to get first downs and able to keep the chains moving. What you had was Randall Cobb drop two important passes. One was a first down that they needed on fourth down. And one was a touchdown that was a money-in-the-bag catch that he does every other week. Two years ago, he makes that catch like nobody's business. But now, he I mean, he just didn't look right. Maybe it's the footing. Maybe it was how they were moving on the field and they couldn't get their feet set right and, and you know, just the sliding aspect of it and all that jazz. But I really think what it comes down to is just, you know, you have to be able to run the football better. And uh, the Packers were able to run the football, but then it, as long as you're able to run the football, you have to be able to catch the football. Lance Kendricks, you know, he drops a pass on third down that he knows was a money catch. He knows he had that catch. Big catch, too. I'm talking, We're talking over 20 yards, and he drops it, just puts it on the ground, not even a guy within five yards of him, and he puts it right on the turf. I mean, that's what's sad to me when you see things like that happen, when your quarterback's back there one-legged like the hobbit, and he's trying to get the pass off, and and he does, and he's putting everything out there. I mean, it's time for other guys to step up, and they gotta they got to be able to do that in Green Bay. And I think that Clay Matthews is absolutely right. The league is getting soft. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that obviously aren't going to stick up for the defense, but Aaron Rodgers will. You know, he he'll come out and say right away that uh, you know, they're 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 being soft. They're, you know, they're calling they're calling silly penalties, and I mean, these are things that got to be stopped, and they got to be addressed. Um, because that by definition of the rule that shouldn't have been called. So someone's going to have to be, you know, fined for that. And it's not going to be Clay Matthews because that's that's completely wrong, and it's illegitimate. Um, I just don't I just don't agree with it at all. And I don't think anybody agrees with that, Green Bay fan or not. But I think the Washington Redskins played a great game from start to finish, except in the third quarter, the Packers defense was able to make the adjustments and that you know they made adjustments and were able to slow that team down. They were able to slow the Redskins down, no points from the Redskins in that third quarter, and the Packers were able to get on the board and they were able to do some things that were very good in uh trying to make for a fourth quarter comeback. But with the penalties that were called at the times they were called, and then you have to go and you have to try to make up time and you're already down so much. I mean, there's really no excuse. The only thing I will say is that the Washington Redskins did play a good game. They earned that win. And I don't care what anybody says. They definitely earned that win. They, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things from the Redskins that I liked. Alex Smith is a good quarterback, very underrated quarterback. Uh, people in the media all across the board hate him. But I will tell you that he's a good quarterback. He has a lot to work on. He knows that. I mean, there was a couple drives that were duds, didn't go anywhere, three and outs. And there were some drives that did go somewhere but just ended up not finishing. And I think those are things he has to work on. Those drives that go nowhere, those drives that, you know, you get a couple first downs and then it stops or you don't get a first down, you're three and out and you're out. And you know what I mean? Then you're giving the ball right back to the other team, in this case, Green Bay, giving them opportunity after opportunity, which is that was the case yesterday. So. I look at that and I shake my head, but all I can do is look forward because it's a long season. So Washington Redskins win at FedEx Field. They beat the Green Bay Packers. Final score, 31-17. Carolina Panthers beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think anybody's surprised except the Cincinnati fans. Uh, The Carolina Panthers are just that team that they're not up and down like everybody thinks they are. They're, They're a very solid team. Um, they're a team with a quarterback who's a leader, who's a born leader, an NBL natural born leader. That's right. 
I said it. He can go down the field. He can score. He, you know, he can definitely make moves on guys uh, and and get past them. He could, you know, he can out he can outrun certain guys that he needs to, you know, when he's playing in, against specific teams, especially linebackers. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to him being tackled by a cornerback, it's not always the greatest thing for the cornerback. And that's not what a lot of cornerbacks will tell you about a lot of other quarterbacks. So when you look at the Carolina Panthers from top to bottom, um, they're an OK team on paper, but they're playing like a great team. And that's something the NFC is going to have to watch out for, especially with the Carolina Panthers on this on this go here on this rise after beating the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a good team. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not high on them. You know, I don't think um, they're a team that's going to go deep as far as maybe winning 10 games, but I don't think they're a team that's going to go anywhere in the playoffs at all. So I don't think anything changed from this year to last, uh, you know, from last year to this year. I don't think anything changed. I think they're the same Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Tennessee Titans versus Jacksonville, very weird game. Biggest defensive game of the day, in my opinion. Um, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion, but this is what, you know, I'm telling you, I watched it, so... You know, when I go back and I look through the highlights of uh, all the games, you know, after the ones I've watched, and, you know, I, this one stands out to me because, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars put Blaine Gabbard out quick, right? They put him out quick. Um, Marcus Mariota comes in. Uh, for Somehow they're able to have nothing go their way and still win, and that's a very interesting concept. When you could say nothing went right and we still won, that's what the Tennessee Titans take away from this game. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot to do, right? They're like the Super Bowl pick for a lot of these guys on TV. And, you know, I don't I don't know if they're necessarily paying attention to who's on the roster. Or I don't I don't know if they're necessarily paying attention to that or they're just paying attention to that. They were so close to beating the Patriots last year. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that they're not my pick. Um, I can't tell you that they're, they're not my pick to win the AFC Championship either, um, let alone a Super Bowl. Uh, when you look at this game, the Tennessee Titans didn't play a bad game. They played a defensive game. Um, they played an outla- out, outlast you. You know what I mean? That's exactly what happened here. We will outlast you and kick a field goal and win and get out of here. That's what happened. The Baltimore Ravens were able to beat the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are a team that I was high, very high on, right? I was mile high on this team coming into the season. And now uh, I'm very skeptical. Not as high as I want to be on them because I'll tell you why. Because when you look at the AFC, there's some teams that are really good. And then there's some teams that are just, meh, they're okay. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos are the team that's meh, 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 they're okay. But the Baltimore Ravens are a team in the AFC that's like, yeah, them, those guys. Oh, we got to play those guys? Oh, I don't, oh man, we, uh, we got to play those guys. And I think that's what happened yesterday when Denver goes into Baltimore and takes a beating. I mean, they take a they take a decent shellacking in uh, Baltimore. Baltimore ends up winning that game, twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, you know, behind behind a great arm, behind a great quarterback that Baltimore does have, uh, Denver doesn't have that uh, same concept. They don't really get to reach out with that. So I think uh, going forward, you're going to see the Baltimore Ravens have a uh, you know a, a lot of competition. Um, as far as who they got to play, but I think that they'll come out on top because they've they've beaten some teams now that a lot of people think they wouldn't have beat. You move on to the New York Giants versus the Houston Texans. Uh, New York Giants end up winning that game, twenty-seven to twenty-two over the Houston Texans in Houston. That's a big deal for a lot of people. It's a big deal for a lot of people that are Houston Texans fans. You got a good front seven, a solid core of guys right there. Um, your offense is not able to make the moves that they want to make. 
but uh you know they were still able to put up 22 points so i i feel like that's a big deal uh against the new york giants defense that you know doesn't get a lot of credit but they're not that bad they're really not that bad the new york giants were able to run the ball you know so shout out to barkley and the guys over there because they were able to put some things together and get that short passing game working which you got to do you know the long passing game is, is a little bit uh forgotten there's a couple teams that could still do it well but i'll tell you one thing about that is the long passing game has been shortened up a lot i feel like because after that year the packers went 15 and 1 and they really just threw long passes you know, it puts your defense in a tough spot down well, longer down the season. I think a lot of that has been known because that 15-1 season is not forgotten. But you have the New York Giants, 27-22 to 22 over the Houston Texans in Houston. That's a big deal. Here's a team that people were picking uh, for the Super Bowl, or at least some people are picking that may be a little clueless, but that's okay because the Los Angeles Rams were able to win yesterday, 35-23, to 23 over the Los Angeles Chargers to show who's the best in L.A. And that's going to be the Los Angeles Rams, not the Chargers. Uh, Phillip Rivers has been the most up-and-down quarterback I've ever watched play the game. And in, in the 20 years I've watched football, Phillip Rivers is the quarterback that has been the most up-and-down. And he really has. He, he has a great running back behind him. He has good receivers around him. He has a defense that could that can really play on another level if they want to, but they're not able to get it past a team like the Los Angeles Rams. Why? Because the Rams can do a lot of things that a lot of teams can't do. The Rams can pass the ball well. They can run the ball well. They play great defense every week, not just some's week. You know, you know the Chargers are a team that some weeks, yeah, they're going to come out there, they're going to play okay, but most of the time it's just not going to be that way. It's just not. It's never been that way for them. It's not going to start now. You know, there's got to be a lot changed for that to happen. You know, they at one point they had two of the best corners in the league, and that fell apart quicker than, you know, you can drop a hat. So, you know, I think the what the Chargers should do, what they're going to go out doing is, you know, you know, really trying to make Phillip Rivers this guy that everybody, you know, should 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 love. And that's just not the case. He's one of those guys that you should just not like. And I think he'd be a lot better off. And I think I, I think the fan base would be a lot better off, too, because he just is too much controversy. You go to the Chicago Bears versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Lonely Bears, the Lonely Bears were able to get a win. Yeah, they were able to get a win against the Arizona Cardinals, 16 to 14 in Arizona. So I guess it's a bigger deal than I'm making it out to be. But at the end of the day, they show me nothing that I haven't seen before. They show me the same Bears. They show me a team that likes to run ball a lot, wants to pass it sometimes. They show me a team that wants to grind it out against you. I don't like grinders. I don't like teams that like to grind it out. And the Bears are one of those teams. I don't know what Arizona was doing yesterday at home. They had opportunities to do more. They didn't. They didn't capitalize where they needed to. Their defense wasn't that good. Their offense looked lackluster. There's a lot to work on out in Arizona. I don't know if that's going to be any, you know, something that's going to be taken care of this year. There's a long season left. But the Bears definitely look like the number one team in the NFC, period. And in, in all of the NFC right now, to me, the Bears look like the number one team. And that's because of that grinder mentality is starting to pay off for them. So, I mean, for that fan base, they're definitely blessed because it's been a long time coming. But, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of people have said before, the Bears always find a way to choke it away. And, I, and I'm not going to be surprised if they do this year. The Seahawks were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys 24 to 13. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, played the Dallas Cowboys yesterday in what was called America's Game of the Week, and it should have been, you know, the lame game of the week because it's exactly what it was. You have Russell Wilson out there doing everything for his team. 
Uh, the defense played a lot better, so that was good to see. I wasn't really worried about that. I guess a lot of people in the media were. But, I, you know, when I look at that uh, that Seattle offense, you know, no Doug Baldwin. You got guys out there that you really don't know who the hell they are unless you're a diehard Seattle fan or you're really, you know, you're paid to know who they are. But you have guys out there you really don't know who these guys are. And, you know, Russell Wilson, I think, doesn't know who these guys are sometimes. So he's throwing the guys, hoping they catch it, you know, trying to figure out who's going to, you know, who's his go-to guy, who's the guy over the top, who's the guy under, and who's the guy on the side route. You know, I mean, he's got to figure all these things out, and he's trying to do it as the season goes. And you can see it out there. But you're playing against a Dallas team who doesn't have a good defense. You're playing against a Dallas team who, what could they really do yesterday? The offense, you know, I think Stephen A. Smith said at best, the offense didn't look like they knew what the hell was going on. They looked confused. They looked like the loss of Des Bryant has really affected them more than they wanted to. And, I mean, you know, one thing about the Dallas Cowboys is that fan base is the worst. It's the worst fan base in all of sports. They're the meanest people. They're the evilest people. I mean, they, I've never seen a fan base like that that eats their own, and they definitely do. So the Seattle Seahawks are able to go and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Neither team am I very high on, but I do think Seattle Seahawks are better than people give them credit for. They're able to win 24-13 to at home. Detroit Lions versus New England Patriots. Uh, a game that, you know, as a betting man, I would have I would have loaded up on the Patriots here, said this is going to be easy for us. We're going to go into Detroit. We're going to walk right into Ford Field. We're going to smack these guys in the mouth, and we're going home. I think that's what they were. They should have been able to do. But the Detroit Lions had another plan. Matt Patricia, as coach of the Lions, had another plan. And that plan was, we know what Bill Belichick is going to come out here and try to do to us. We know what Bill Belichick is going to come out here and try to get accomplished. Is he, is he going to be able to do this easily? Is he going to be able to do this the hard way? So they chose the hard way for Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick did not want to play the hard way. So they end up losing that game, only scoring 10 points. So you have the Detroit Lions able to put up 26 points, right, on this Patriots defense that is pretty darn good, if you ask me. Um, cornerbacks are good. Linebackers are good. Front, you know, the, the front couple guys, you know, they're all right. I, 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 don't, I don't see any big holes in that defense. So for the Lions to go out there and scorch these Patriots like that was a big deal. The drama with Matt Stafford, hopefully that becomes a little sealed up because I like Matthew Stafford. He was great at Georgia. He's great for the Lions. I think they really got to take a step back and say, hey, we need to appreciate this guy. We need to give this guy an opportunity because I don't think they're really doing that. So guys came forward in that locker room. Guys said what they had to say, and I'm glad to hear that. But at the end of the day, you really got to give credit where credit's due. Matt Patricia, as a coach, was able to go out there and beat his mentor. And I think that, you know, Matt Stafford was going out, went out there and beat one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And that's a big deal. This is a big chip on his shoulder he's going to have to walk with. So going into next week, it's going to be a big deal. There's the NFL rundown for you. Last thing I will tell you is that there's game tonight, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers don't look good. No Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger looks unmotivated. So you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have won two games with a quarterback. It's not even supposed to be the starter. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with them. Uh, they are the favorites in Vegas uh, by, you know, one and a half points is the line. So let's see. You know, on the under. So, I mean, eh, you know, if I was a betting man, I don't like that. But uh, against this Steelers team without Le'Veon Bell, I sort of start to like that a little bit more. So, you know, I, as a betting man, put your money on Tampa Bay. I think you're going to really have more luck there. But uh, do what you want to do. Don't take my advice. So, at the end of the day, uh, I want to get into this, you know, NBA trade discussion because everybody's got their, you know, two cents they want to throw in on it. And I think that's great, right? Everybody's got two cents.
They want to throw their two cents on it. That's great. That's fine. So DeMar DeRozan gets shipped off to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, in return, the Raptors are able to acquire Kawhi Leonard. Um, supposedly, he is one of the one of the greats right now is what everybody says. Um, I think he's a great player. I don't think he's one of the greats right now. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of guys I put in front of him. Um but I'm but I'm glad to see the Raptors be decisive in this trade, not delay it, not wait around, not try to make a big spiel about it before it hits mainstream media. So, you know, because, you know, when ESPN or one of these organizations take it, they're going to take it and they're going to run with it. And sometimes they're going to run it into the ground. But, you know, what they did with this was was OK. Quiet Leonard, you know, like I said, he's a great player to me, um, but it's a great team that has to win the championship. You've seen that with the Miami Heat. You've seen that with the Cleveland Cavaliers. You've seen that with Golden State. You're going to see a great team win a championship. You're not going to see a great player win a championship. Um, so when it comes down to it, I mean, at at the end of the day, you, you, there's a chance you might see a great player win a championship, but he did it with a great team, right? He did it with a great team. But that's very rare, okay? So the case you have is what? Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Other than that, give me, come on, give it to me because you can't. You can, you, there's really nowhere else to go after that. You got Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Those were the greatest to get the championships, and they were able to get the championships with, you know, a lot of help, a lot of help from their team. I think that DeMar DeRozan going to San Antonio, to me, is bizarre. It's bizarre because, you know, not only does he really have no say in it, um, it's bizarre because I would have liked to see DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard play together as a combo, as a duo. I would have really liked to see that happen. I think that makes more sense in Toronto than losing your all-time scorer and bringing in a guy who's not known to be as a prolific scorer as DeMar DeRozan is. And that's a fact. Go ahead and you know check your stats, but he's not. So you lose a big score for a guy who can play great defense, that Kawhi Leonard can play great defense, and he can score the ball well. Um, but he can't score like DeMar DeRozan scores. Uh, DeMar DeRozan struggled in the playoffs. We've seen it. But he also had a better year last year than he's had in a long time, besides one or two games where he was lackluster. So I think going forward, uh, you know, as I talked to one of my friends who's a diehard Toronto Raptors fan, I think that, you, you know, I, at the end of the day, you might have a situation where Toronto can rival uh, the Boston Celtics. They can play against the Boston Celtics in a, in, a, in a seven series for the Eastern Conference Championship. Maybe. I wouldn't put too much faith in that. I think that's too much stock, and I'd rather sell it. I think you, you'd be better off buying the fact that the Spurs are going to be fine without Kawhi Leonard. I think that's a buy. I think you buy that over, you know, Kawhi Leonard getting the Toronto Raptors to a NBA Finals this year. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe Eastern Conference Finals, that's definitely on the table, but I don't think they're able to get past the Boston team as a core that's together. So, you know, it, you know, you, have, you really have to look at this as a whole. It's all going to come full circle. But the San Antonio Spurs are going to be fine. You know, mark my words, they're going to be fine without Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're bringing in a great score. You're bringing in, you're bringing him into a system where there's already a loaded team of scores, um, and you're going to have to score a lot of points if you want to go far, especially if you're going to want to be in a situation, uh, and you know, to face LeBron in L.A. You're going to have to play Golden State and everybody they got because they just pick up guys from every other team. 
So, I mean, you, you have a lot going on in the Western Conference, but I don't think the Spurs are any less of a team because of this trade. I think they're a better team, and, you know, that's my two cents. So, last thing I want to talk about is uh, music. Uh, there was a song I heard today. It was okay. Um, again, I don't like to get in other people's beef. I don't think it really does anything for anybody except help them sell records, which I guess they got to do, right? So, I heard Machine Gun Kelly's new disc. I could do without for all the people in the background or all the people laughing. I, I feel like that's that's a little bit kind of defeating the purpose of the diss and, and the element of who you're attacking. But I think that uh, for all practical purposes, it was a good song. Not as good as his last one. Definitely not as good as his last song. But I think for all practical purposes, it was a good diss. Uh, and I, I think it, you know, it, I think a lot of these hit home with Eminem. But, you know, it's hard for me to say. But I feel like they do because otherwise, why would you respond to it? You know, I guess you don't want someone to be smart your name. You know, I get all that, but, you know, retaliation, you know, is, you know, is definitely something people do. You know, it's kind of like a possum. A possum won't attack you, but if you back him in a corner, he'll attack you. And I think that's the same mentality when it comes to a lot of, you know, rappers and rap music. Um, you know, I tend not to get into the beef, but, I mean, for a lot of people, it's fun. They want to pick sides. They want to say this person's better than this person or this person can do that better than this person. I don't think, I, you know, to me, it's always just the music. Is a song hot? Or is it not? And I really think like that's the biggest thing it's always been with me. If the shit's not hot, it's not going to sell no matter what they're talking about. So um, Machine Gun Kelly sells because people like what he's talking about. Eminem sells because people like what he's talking about. I think this is, you know, one of those hype trains that people get on because they don't think it's going to stop. But you got to remember, all trains got to stop somewhere. So when you look at this as a whole... And you start to break down the different elements of this and you start to look back at people's careers. You look at Eminem, he's made amends with everybody he's ever beefed with. So I don't think that this is any different. I don't think you're I don't think that this all of a sudden 2018, you know, going into 2019, that, you know, there's not going to be some type of friendship merged here, some type of friendship forged here. I think that the, you know, the lines in the sand haven't been drawn or any of that crazy stuff. I think that this is just music and this is business and it's what happens when music and business uh, get, you know, combined together and, you know, and people don't aren't, aren't able to really put their assets where they want to put their assets and they have to put their ass where they want to put their face. And I think that's what happens with this situation. So going forward, I wouldn't pick sides if I was you. It, you know, it makes more sense to just do your own thing and just let the chips fall where they do, because as long as you're doing everything you can, there's nothing to worry about. You got to let the chips fall where they may. But again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Podcast present episode 29. It's always appreciated. Give me the feedback. Show me the love. Drink the coffee so when I run into you, you're not an asshole. Other than that, have a good night.